help my DTC grow. Strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brand. How can your e-commerce brand embrace sustainability for growth? Matthias, the co-founder and CEO of Handprint Tech, a pioneering platform in regeneration as a service. Handprint Tech has assisted heavyweights like Microsoft, Lazada and more in leveraging their CSR budget to boost growth while also verifying and quantifying their regenerative impact. During our discussion, you will find answers to these critical questions. How can you seamlessly integrate sustainability into your brand and business? What are the initial steps? Can sustainability efforts let you improve conversion rates and sales? What do D2C brand owners need to consider when initiating sustainability efforts and what steps should you follow? What do you need to consider when initiating sustainability efforts and what steps should you follow? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I asked all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips and tools to use. Now let's get ready! How to integrate sustainability into my brand and business and what are the starting steps? That's a, that's a very good question. So what we see for a, a winning sustainability strategy, it has to take three stakeholders into account. Number one is the planet. So your sustainability strategy needs to be impactful for the planet, has to move the needle. The second is the alignment with the brand, how authentic right, it is, uh, how intentional it is. So that's the second stakeholder. It's your brand, your, your image. And the third stakeholder, which probably is the most important, is the customer. Because customers are voting with their wallet. They are the one who reward brands because they are doing this or that. So with those three stakeholders in mind, you can actually craft something that makes sense, that is authentic, that resonates with the customer, and that has an impact, an actual impact on the ground. So I would say those are the three things to, to have a look at. And could it improve conversion rates uh, uh, for D2C brands or sales also, or is it just a basic thing? At Handprint, we specialize in uh, integration of sustainability and regeneration within customer experiences. We analyze, we receive a lot of data from companies all over the world, uh, category leaders in food delivery in the US, in Japan, but also e-stores, smaller e-stores that are on Shopify, etc. So we have a lot of data to analyze. And I would say that depending on what is the, the messaging, right? How you communicate the differences in how consumers perceive your efforts in terms of sustainability are completely different. I just give you an example. There are lots of like airline companies these days. They ask you at checkout, do you want to offset your carbon footprint? If so, pay $5 uh, more. This type of messaging, this type of mechanism is actually extremely harmful for the brand because you're asking the consumer to pay for the climate debt of the company. Right? You're, you're offering a service and then you're telling the consumer, oh, by the way, this service is actually very negative for the planet. Uh, can you actually clean our mess? So this type of, uh, in 2023 at least, now it's like it's no longer possible. It was still possible a few years ago. And on the other hand, a new type of messaging that is emerging that is focused around transparency of your negative impact. Guys, this is the negative impact that we make and this is how we are trying to reduce it. That's number one. Number two, this is the positive impact that we want to make in the world. And this is how we want to increase it, right? So it's four dimensions instead of just like a singular dimension of carbon compensation, carbon offsetting. And with this type of messaging, which is a new type of messaging uh, around a family of sustainability frameworks 
called regeneration. These messaging are extremely powerful. We see on a regular basis brands increasing their sales from 10, 15, 16. We've seen 19% as well on certain geographies, uh, mostly OECD countries, in urban areas, in young audiences. They are extremely receptive to this type of messaging. Wow. So it's not just two dimensions now, like, okay, it's a bad company and it is a sustainable company, but also maybe you watched greenwashing clear. So if they are transparent with what they done bad, they could really have an impact and regenerate all the things that they could. Absolutely. Wow. One of the most important aspects of this is that the companies that are not linking what they do good to what they do bad, they are the ones that win. Companies like Patagonia, like regenerative companies like Patagonia, some brands of Unilever. We see sustainability strategies that are winning because they are not telling their customers, oh, we are carbon neutral. Carbon neutral literally means this is how bad we are and we are compensating for our bad. They are linking the two. The brands that are winning are the ones who say, guys, let's be transparent. This is bad today. It's probably the less bad we can do. And we are really putting efforts to reduce that bad. But we are not reducing by offsetting, right? We are reducing by implementing reduction activities. Then on the other end, we are not linking what we do good to this bad. We are deploying on the ground a strategy to regenerate ecosystems, to source products from uh, regen regenerative agriculture or regenerative principles more and more in our supply chain. And we are regenerating ecosystems that are critical for planetary health, right? And it's not, it doesn't have to be linked to the exact bad that we do. It can be 100 times more. So the, the brands that are really winning are the ones that are implementing those principles. And how could a company or an e-commerce company or a D2C brand could be really transparent and cost-effective with uh, these efforts? So as I know, I, I've read studies that uh, Unilever or Univer made uh, some high goals and they never reached it if uh, some, some people are just wanted to be investigating on if they reached it, uh, a 10-year goal or not. They will just do another uh, fancy goal. So how could it be transparent for the for the people who are buying from your brand and how could it be cost effective for your brand? How can it be transparent? I think it's it's about accountability and real-time updates. Those brands that have been uh, called out on Twitter every day we see like brands being called out by uh, armies of uh, activists online and they, they do a really good job by calling out those brands um, is because they basically make pledges on a time frame that is like 15, 20 years and just update on the result on a yearly basis. And they communicate on what really what they want. They don't have to disclose anything. There is no proper framework in place. So for them, it's super easy to, to cheat the system, I would say. There is no system, actually. That's why uh, there is a problem. But really, instead of doing like 20 years pledges that are like, oh, by 2030, we are going to be carbon neutral, like, like consumers are running away from this type of old 2010 type of messaging. And now I would say my, my best advice, or at least what we see from the, the data, what is working for, for brands is instead companies that say, look, we are going to update you in real time of what we are doing and how we are doing it. Most of those companies, we have lots of clients that are actually doing this. They have a sustainability page on their website or a regeneration page, and they update using our tools for ecosystem restoration or other tool for, uh, you know, uh, quantifying uh, their supply chain uh, carbon footprint, for example. In real time, 
they show that on their sustainability page. So they cannot be accused of hiding anything because the data, they don't own that data. It's a third party provider that displays the data on their website and they are fully transparent. Anyone can call them out and say, oh, but it's not good enough. And they, they can, of course, yeah, but we are in the 1% of the most performing companies in our industry when it comes to sustainability, right? So it's like, it completely changes the conversation as well. Wow, and uh, to maintain these transparent uh, work methods, how could the customers be sure that their donations arrived and that the project is ongoing or, or ended already? So for every project that we have, Uh, on the ground, we have a public tracker. So you go on handprint.tech, you go like handprint.tech slash Yakopi, Y-A-K-O-P-I, for example. It's a public tracker of this specific project conducted by this specific NGO in Indonesia, in North Sumatra, okay? You see all of the metrics that are self-updating metrics, near real-time, verified metrics, certified by handprint with visualization. You can follow the progress of the impact on an interactive map where you can see the positive impact growing. And by the way, quantifying a positive impact, there is a scientific term for it. The sum of your positive impact is your handprint, right? As opposed to your footprint, which is the, the sum of your negative impact, right? And we really, really envision a world in a few years where people will be asking you, what's your handprint, right? Well, like, what is the sum of your positive impact? Not only in terms of carbon, but in terms of support to biodiversity, in terms of social impact. Uh, and we are developing the tools to quantify this and certify this. As a D2C brand owner, what should I need to decide when I start with, with the sustainability regenerative efforts? Do I need to plan it ahead or what kind of efforts do this need? And if yes, what are the steps to do so? So as a brand owner, if you're starting your sustainability journey, most of the frameworks that we'll be seeing online will be around measure, reduce, offset. These have been the dominant frameworks for the past 20 years. Right. What we are seeing, not only us, a lot of academics actually in the world, is that this type of framework can actually be harmful for the planet. It works if you are a company that is mining things, moving things like in transportation industry or making things with uh, heavy industries, I would say. If you are a D2C brand, what you should start with is fund the restoration and the protection of ecosystems that are critical for planetary health. That is the first thing you should be starting with. Then... You should be looking at your supply chain and try to reduce only with redu reduction activities, not by uh, buying carbon credits or uh, uh, trying to offset your carbon with this uh, credit. This doesn't make any sense anymore. It's really with by switching to an energy supplier that is greener. Now there are lots of uh, SaaS platforms that enable you to uh, assess how green your supply chain is. So those are the things that uh, you should be looking at. Also, it should be aligned with your brand's value. So it, it has to be authentic. So we have brands that are like, uh, you know, surf brands. They don't want to plant trees in, uh, in the US. Typically, they want to restore coral ecosystems all over the world. With, you know, so it's like the type of impact that you're doing, uh, or they are doing uh, ocean plastic cleanup, for example, verified ocean plastic cleanup with us. So the type of impact that you want to make, the geography that you want to make, it can be, so you can choose to make an impact that is decorrelated from your own communities. It can be, for example, to create a strong north-south transfer, wealth transfer, right? If most of your clients are in OECD countries, you might want to make an impact in emerging countries to have a huge social impact. If you want to locate your impact to your country, I would say there is a limitation to that, is that the planet doesn't really care about uh, political boundaries. What it cares about is the bioregions. 
in which you operate. Bioregions are much larger than uh, countries, usually, except for Australia, uh, which is itself a bioregion. But it's like, it's uh, regions that have the same type of fauna or flora and that are mostly related with the water systems that uh, interact with each other. It's like a a, a big aggregate of uh, ecosystems that uh, work together, basically. So you should be looking at this. What is the type of impact you want to make that is aligned with your brand, your brand story, or or your aspirations as a founder, right? We have payment platforms, uh, very big payment platforms in the US uh, and in uh, Southeast Asia. Because the founder is a visionary founder, CEO, they want to make an impact in terms of uh, mangrove restoration, right? And it's not particularly so aligned with the, the branding, but it's just like there is this aspect of visionary, uh, yeah, th- those are visionary leaders that want to make an impact that is social, that is that has a huge impact in terms of coastal ecosystems, in terms of carbon capture. So it's really about like what you want to do and Handprint provides you data-driven reports. You can compare those projects and see, okay, which of those projects impacts more those ecosystems uh, and how much is going to be moving the needle in terms of social impact, biodiversity support, uh, carbon capture, etc. So you can make really an informed decision, a data-driven decision. Are there any stats regarding how many people could be pursued by sustainability efforts worldwide or OECD-wide? How many are resonating with this message? This data is actually very hard to find, but there is an amazing report study conducted by Wonderman Thompson. Uh, I think that was in 2021 or 2022. It's called Regeneration Rising. I invite everyone to go on Google and type Regeneration Rising from Wonderman Thompson and look at this report. They are doing a consumer report about how regenerative messaging is impacting customers, customers from DTC brands. Uh, The result is really amazing. Uh, It has completely changed how our industry looks at these problems. Uh, It has also changed our perception of how China is actually so ahead of the curve, while in the US or in the Western world, Uh, we tend to think that China and Chinese consumers are lagging behind while actually they are five years ahead. And those reports are extremely insightful in terms of like what should be the messaging, why you should be engaging in regenerative actions as opposed to carbon offsetting or this type of uh, things and uh, why it makes sense for customers. They Their conclusion, the conclusion of that report is that regeneration is the biggest consumer trend of the 2020s. And what was your favorite sustainability regenerative uh, campaign that uh, a DTC brand could learn from? I'll give you an example that is not from a DTC brand, but it's it's very close. My co-founder, Ryan, hi Ryan, if you listen to the podcast, actually did some research about it, academic research, and he recently won best paper of the year in the sustainability category from the Financial Times about this specifically. So his research was really about a mobile application that Alipay, the Chinese giant uh, payment platform, uh, launched, which is a feature in their in their platform called Ant Forest. Six months after launched, after the launch, they have planted 350 million trees. When you compare this one initiative to absolutely all green tech startups in the Western world combined, it is ahead. And it's not something like the scale of it is not something we have in mind in the Western world is that the uh, Chinese consumers are so far ahead of the curve. And so it is the most regenerative mobile application of all time, the most regenerative company or uh, integration of all times. And what's super interesting is that in our 
Western world with a Cartesian mindset, or maybe maybe because of uh, we are living in a capitalistic mindset, we allocate responsibility based on who is doing what. Like, oh, this is my carbon footprint, so this is how much I should be contributing. Not more, not less, right? There is a, almost an ownership of negative externalities. In the Chinese mindset, maybe because of like Confucian heritage, basically, they don't talk about carbon footprint or individual carbon footprint. They talk about a common objective. They say, this is the objective for our community for the month. And we need to reach that objective together. And this type of messaging is so much more, is so powerful and creates such a strong sense of belonging that the outcome is just like 10x what you can produce with guilt-based at the individual level, uh, carbon footprint, carbon offsetting type of uh, messaging. So, and I think, and this is what we see with uh, some of our clients that are DTC brands as well, this exact secret recipe, which is not so secret now because there is a lot of uh, scientific literature about it, but like this secret recipe of like not using the wording of the past 20 years of like carbon footprint, carbon offsetting, but transparency about negative externalities and commonality in uh, in a common objective that we reach together in the restoration of ecosystems and seeing like closing the loop seeing ten tangible like receiving pictures from the ground seeing on a map this positive impact growing over time that's what you can do using handprint basically this is super engaging and it completely changes the way companies are engaging in climate action and regenerative action. And how could I make my own brand stand out from other green brands with the help of maybe hand, hand print? Because maybe I, I could just uh, ask my customers that, okay, I will donate to a cause and uh, I'm already a green brand. Uh, how could I stand out from other green brands? I would say now uh, being a sustainable brand is the baseline. If you are not a sustainable brand, you don't exist in two, three years, basically, right? The, the next big trend that is coming, I was talking about it, regeneration. I think it's super important for companies to realize that the same way how sustainability is now the baseline, regeneration in two, three, four, five years is going to be the baseline. Right. Companies and brands that move now, they are already leaving all the competition behind. Uh, we can see that with uh, companies like Patagonia, with, uh, uh, I was mentioning some Unilever brands, not all of them, unfortunately. Uh, but the ones that are applying regenerative principles in how they deploy their sustainability strategies are the ones that are winning. So yeah, what was the second part of your question? How could it stand out from the other brands? I would say strong messaging around regeneration, a lot of transparency, same transparency in just a few months, a few years is going to be the baseline. So it has to be done now. And maybe something that is new, it's using sustainability, not as a way to say, look at the good that I do, which is like, oh, we are a carbon neutral brand, for example, or whatever, but use sustainability as a lever of growth for the business, because that's how it becomes sustainable, literally. Because, you know, that's how you will continue to engage in climate action, in uh, regenerative action, if it is a lever of growth for the business. And how we see brands succeeding in doing so is by using sustainability and regeneration in how they engage with their customers. Right. So we see brands like sending newsletters with like uh, updates about their restoration projects, sending pictures in China, sending WeChat maps, videos about the project, doing content uh, about the project to raise awareness uh, around the cause that they are supporting and providing their audience with like tangible data about what is the good that they've done. And uh, I think using 
regeneration as an engagement tool is extremely, extremely powerful. But it, it can be done only if the brand has been already transparent with the negative externalities and how the brand is actually addressing those negative externalities. How is it exactly look like in a, in a customer journey for e-commerce companies? So I will have the product page. Is it also appearing on a product, product page that I'm a sustainable regenerative brand or at checkout? What does it look like for my customers and how could it really help to increase commercial rates? Handprint is a, an infrastructure provider. So we are completely use case agnostic. In the example of um, e-stores, we have integrations for every step of the customer journey. On the homepage, to announce your pledge. I am restoring this ecosystem and I am planting a one mangrove tree per product, for example. Or uh, we are planting two baby corals per checkout. And our objective is to reach this much this month. This objective has been computed uh, by a science-based regenerative calculator that is accessible for free on our website, handprint.tech. So that's homepage, product page. You can have messaging about what this product what the purchase of this product is going to produce. Uh, you can add also, uh, you know, the, the, the negative externalities that this product is going to produce as well. Then on the checkout, right, because it's our tools are automated uh, using the mostly at the, the checkout uh, point where a consistent messaging tells the consumers at the moment of purchase, this is how, what is going to happen. On the thank you page as well. Thank you, you're amazing. The tree is going to be planted here by this local community. You will be able to receive uh, pictures in a few weeks and then by email, right? Through uh, the order confirmation email, but any newsletter, any targeted cold email outreach, you can integrate Handprint API to engage with these customers. So it's really all along the customer experience. If you have the time and energy for writing a book what would be the title of it in the topic uh, regenerative uh, ideas for D2C brands? That will be something like the new regenerative economy of the future is today. Something like this. Mm, great. And why? We already have the technology, which, by the way, was not available just five years ago. The technology to make, to make sure that every contribution benefits the planet. Ultimately, that's the core of our technology. Right. We are able to, to provide our corporate sponsors with a proof of fund delivery that the NGO is uploading through our uh, mobile application for NGOs. So we are able to say, this is how much of your money has been received by the NGO. This is how the money is going to be spent. And this is how much is going to benefit the ecosystem, quantified. So it's not a donation. It's, it's a purchase. You purchase a service in the form of impact. So that's what Handprint is doing, productizing impact and uh, verifying that impact. Now we have technological means like satellite imaging to uh, make sure that the claims uh, of the NGO are actually verified at a very, very low cost, right? And this can happen only because we have the technology and it's very, very recent. So now that the world has the technology and it's not only us, science, there are lots of companies in the regeneration space now. Now that the technology is there, it's a matter of like willingness from founders, from C-levels in brands, in uh, payment platforms, marketplaces, manufacturing companies, digital platforms to actually make that transformation. The past 20 years have been focused on a digital transformation that we've ended in all OECD countries, let's say. We've just ended a digital transformation 
and we are just at the start of a regeneration transformation. And we offer the technology to make that happen efficiently, in a very cost-efficient way, and in a very transparent way as well. And last but not least, I want to give some seeds and nutrition, not for the trees that you've planted, but the DTC brands. And I will ask four quick questions and answers uh, from you. So the first is, what books or influencers would you recommend to read or follow for a D2C brand? It's a book written by April Dunford called obviously awesome and it's about positioning right? which is like almost like product marketing but it's really about like what are the words you're using to describe your product that fit the frame of reference of your audience and realizing that and aligning this with those frame of understandings is completely game changer and she really changed the way uh, we are thinking about our positioning at handprint so i would completely uh, encourage anyone any dtc brand founder but also any founder of a SaaS company, a technology company, to read that book. Very, very insightful. Great. The second is, what is the biggest mistake that D2C brands could make? The single biggest one. I would say in 2023, the single biggest mistake that DTC brands could make uh, when it comes to sustainability strategy, huh, right? Because that's my expertise. I don't know much about uh, DTC uh, brands in general, but like for the sustainability strategy of a DTC brand, in 2023, the biggest mistake will be to engage in carbon offsetting. Don't do carbon offsetting. Instead, compute your regenerative target regenerate ecosystems that are critical for planetary health, communicate about this, and don't link what you do good to your negative externalities. Go 10 times, go 100 times higher, because now sustainability is the baseline. Yeah, so don't be neutral, just be a super regenerative company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lead the way, because if you don't do it, your competitors are going to do it. You are going to be left behind, basically. Could you tell me your quick growth tip related to regenerative and sustainability efforts that any brand could do after they listen to this podcast? Easy. You go on handprint.tech, you integrate in your cart a simple one tree per order, for example, and using Google Optimize, you do A-B testing. 50% of your website with that, with handprint integration, 50% without handprint integration. We've, so far, we've never seen no, it's called difference in difference analysis. We've not seen a version with handprint integration that doesn't score higher in terms of sales, right? So I really encourage you just to do the, the test, right? Plant a few trees. One tree costs one, $1.15, so it's not going to change uh, your bottom line much. Just do the test and um, see what the A-B test is, see what your what your audience is uh, is telling you. Then make a social media post about like, oh, well, we are thinking of doing this, of engaging in regenerative action. We are thinking of this and these projects to support, right? It's all verified, all quantified by handprint, and all of the metrics are accessible on our website, brand.com slash sustainability page. Look at the page. Ask your audience, do like Instagram polls, and say, okay, does it resonate with you? Ask your audience really and see if it's uh, something that creates engagement. Hint, it does, <laughs> based on all the data that we have. I know that they should use handprint.tech, but what other tools would a DTC brand would use for growth? Do you know any other examples? For growth, engagement tools like Clavio, tools like loyalty programs. Some of them integrate regeneration and some of the loyalty programs integrate regeneration. I think Smile does, loyalty programs, engagement tools. For bigger brands, tools like Braze, for example, are extremely powerful to craft user experiences that are very specific based on the data of the user. So it's, of course, for, for big, big brands. 
but probably there are other tools like this accessible to uh, smaller brands. So yeah, I would I would say anything that is around personalization of the experience, engagement, and regeneration. And the last, last, last question, what does Handprint do for regenerative purposes? On our side? Yeah. So we compute on a weekly basis our regenerative target. It's computed basically based on the wealth creation that we are responsible for. Right. That's how uh, regenerative target calculators uh, split responsibility as opposed to computing a carbon footprint. And we reach, so if you compare to uh, our actual carbon emission, we are around 100 to 150 times carbon negative. So we uh, are responsible for the absorption of 100 times more what we emit, but we don't present it like this because our pledge is a regenerative pledge. It's not a carbon footprinting pledge, but that's about where we're at in terms of uh, our positive impact, right? And overall, the secondary impact, which is like the impact that we enable through our platform. I haven't computed it, but it's it's live on our website. So if you go on handprint.tech, you see exactly how much all of our clients have been uh, regenerating. And just on the 30th of December last year, so just one day before uh, the end of the year, we reached 1 million square meters of ecosystem restored, protected, and monitored using our technology. Yeah, big achievement, 1 million square meters, and uh, we aim to do uh, 10 to 15 times more uh, this year. I hope the whole earth would be covered with, with handprints and not our footprint. <laughs> so thanks, Matthias, to answer my call and giving this tremendous amount of value for the listeners. Thanks a lot for having me. And uh, I hope that will be helpful for your audience. And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.